This episode of Life of Mine is brought to you by Australian Resources Contracting. John O. Johnson, the founder of ARC, has been in the airlegging game for over 15 years. Now, ARC provides rise mining, escapeway installation, airleg stoping, and also machinery hire. Now, if you want to get in contact with John O at ARC, email him at john at osrescon.com.au. That's john at a-u-s-r-e-s-c-o-n.com.au. Australian Resources Contracting, safely delivering targets. Righto, let's get into it. Righto, it's here. The interview with Mick the Rat Roden. Now, this episode's been in high demand and I'm bloody stoked to present it to you all. So, in this part one, I think I think we only get to the 1990s of uh, Mick's career. We don't even break into this millennium and you're going to hear some bloody hilarious stories that going all the way from Mick getting his hair ripped off to... Cross shift telling him he didn't drill lifters and uh, mixed back and forth all over the country for all his mining jobs. And so get yourself comfortable, uh, get close to the dunny because you're going to piss yourself. And without further ado, I'll give to you the rat, Mick Ryden. Righto, Mickey Rat. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Yeah, Give mate. us another Robert. cheers, mate. Yeah, mate cheers. This is, uh, thanks. Oh, it's finally happened. This is, as I said, everyone has just been so bloody keen for this. And uh, did you think it would be this good? We'd be sitting on your boat having a beer at, what are we, 10.57. Oh, mate, I knew we'd be having a beer, but I wasn't sure where to be at. <laughs> Back brander on the boat somewhere. Oh, it's awesome, mate. How's that? So, what's this? What number of retirements this? Uh, this would probably be number two. Number two, yeah, definite. I, I tried one about 12 months ago. Uh, the missus said, if I don't go back to work, she, I'm going to join the list of domestic violence victims. So I decided <laughs> it was better to come back to work. You were going to be the victim. I know, I I know Deb, victim. I know. You're definitely the victim, mate. Oh, yeah. Loving it so far, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's good. See, now, I'm, um, now I can access my super and get a good income stream happening well, yep. that just makes it so much easier yeah so, yeah it's good but you had a good you had a good finish too the your little at least you didn't the little job you just had with burn cut shift bossing and a bit of a it was a good little taper off i reckon at oh, the end yeah, of your shit, career yeah. i reckon it's a good idea yeah no well that, that uh 12 months i had off it sort of being a site manager and then back and back down the line to shift boss was really good because you can get back down the hole with the boys and yep you know like you got your own crew not three or four crews and oh it was it was really good and i met lots of good guys at scuds are buddy top blokes what did they uh did you get well were they the young fellas or like young jumbo ops are they picking your brain a bit did they say we've got the we've got mick roden here the infamous mick roden and they're like right we're gonna suck some knowledge out of him before he uh most of calls them said it who <laughs> <laughs> so i suppose <laughs> Because a lot of people, yeah, a good. We'll get into this later. You had a good stint with Burn Cut back in the day. Well, I've had about five starts with Burn Cut. Yeah. Like uh, I think my first job with Burn Cut was way back in uh, probably 90, 93 or ninety two, somewhere around about there, and uh, that was at uh, New Celebration. Yeah. Um, then there was uh, Bellevue, Cosmos, uh, Big Bell. Um, you know, there's, there's 
Lots, lots of jobs. Oh, Nifty, don't forget Nifty, Nifty yeah. is up there. Nifty yeah, the old mates, old Spags always says when he was working with you at Nifty. Yeah. He's, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get him on here. He reckons he's gone into witness protection and he can't come on. So, but yeah. <laughs> That wouldn't surprise yeah. me with him. <laughs> Actually, uh, talking about him, um, uh, he found a, a nice rock. Uh, and um, he, before he handed it back into the form, and I tried to buy it off him, but he wouldn't be in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. he was, didn't you? Because uh, he was your bogger up there at Nifty, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Didn't no, they say he ended up telling, he'd tell the grader to piss off because he'd end up bloody... Uh, and he could. He'd do a yeah. done so a better job than, than the uh, grader driver. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, but he, uh, there's a couple of times there in the decline, we actually got the truck stuck, the jumbo stuck, uh, the IT stuck. And the only way we get them out wasn't wasn't using a grader or another truck. It was it was uh, what's name on the bogger. Yeah. It's the only way we get out. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was brilliant on that. Yeah. yeah. Where where's he now, by the way? I don't know. He's uh he's still with Burncut. He was he was at Telford when I was there. He ah, right. Trained, right. He trained me. Out. He was one of the guys that trained me up on the jumbo. He was just. Um, but he, there was there was the right way to do it. There was the wrong way to do it. Then there was Spags' way to yeah, do it. And it, it worked. Just, oh, it worked. It worked. Right it didn't, wrong, it worked. He was the worst guy to learn off in terms of because the way he did everything was yeah. just so unorthodox. Yeah. And you just like, but then you'd hop on it. You're like, oh, beauty, I feel all confident now. And you'd fucking be ripping hoses off and yeah. everything. But yeah, uh, yeah he's a brilliant operator to watch. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he's, um, I've, I've seen him, um, he'd do 110 poly up with his hands. Yeah. And, and we're like, you know, there's C spanners for that, Spags. He's like, I got them on my wrist, mate. Exactly. <laughs> he yeah. was just the oh, strongest bloke. I seen him uh, at Telford one day. There was a, oh, Trevor Rutley. He was a smaller bloke. He was a really funny old bastard. And he'd always give Spags a bit of lip. Yeah. And, uh, he well, was, that wouldn't he, be good he, for him. He was sitting on the old Rutley could fight, so yeah. he, but he just he knew he could get away with it. But uh, and I've seen he's sitting on the because we had the man carriers on yep. the back of the back of the bloody Land Cruisers. Oh yeah, so we're sitting, yeah, and we we were sitting there, and um, there was bloody Rutley because we had this American guy on our crew, and we were talking to bloody. We'd always be talking about, hey, you going hunting for some big, big brown bear this break? <laughs> and anyway, then Spags is walking past, and Rutley goes, oh, yeah, look at that big brown bear on here. <laughs> and then anyway, so Spags has got hold of Rutley's boot yeah. and his wrist, and he's like picked him up like <laughs> so. This Rutley's hanging onto the bloody rails of this uh, man carrier. Yep. Spags has nearly got him upside down, bloody, because he was that bloody strong hanging him up by one end oh and then, i think rutley actually pissed himself just from sheer laughter yeah, i'm sure he did yep <laughs> oh good go good shout out for spags there yeah. so yeah well mate this is going to take a while i reckon i reckon we'll be here for a few hours i bought i'm, I'm driving so i bought three beers one every hour so. no that's all right mate i've got a fridge full so we'll yeah, make yeah. sure you got and a, and a bed hopefully if well, i bloody... can if you if you get that way we're gonna uh, we're gonna arrange a bed for you yeah yeah we'll keep everyone posted on me bloody alcohol limit yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll sleep right here on the boat i think well why not yeah we've got bed here we've got all the mod cons there's a toilet underneath that seat we've got shower over there we've got tv we've got oh. everything mate this is beautiful. It's beautiful. What did you say? You've been here 18 years. Mm. Must have, this must have been prime prime area when it was, God, it was getting built. But it looks so new, well, like this whole area. See this street up here? We're actually a third house here on yep. this entire block. Yeah. God, there so, would have been some demand to get in here. Oh, like, shit, yeah. 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 Yeah, right. Well, we better talk about mine and not real estate. Oh, right, I did right, some yeah, real yeah. estate yeah. episodes, <laughs> and mate, it was funny. I remember asking you when we first 
work together and I'm, you were telling about your first job in mine and it's actually oh I think it might have been your second but it was actually my first job it was it was Hillgrove in bloody Armidale uh, that was I did my first vac work over there as a bloody snotty nosed engineering student and Big fuck did you yeah yeah oh, and that was it. actually uh, that's a, one of your early starts wasn't it yeah well my actual first underground job was actually at Silver Lake Shaft and uh, I was an underground trucker there in uh well, February 1970, I just left high school. wasn't even, buddy, I was actually 16 years and 10 months old when I went underground at Silver Lake. Didn't even have a fucking driver's license. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then we landed up over at Hillgrove. But I do remember the first day I went underground at Silver Lake. Um, I was being shown around. There was myself and a new guy. And uh, we came across a truckie, and I don't know if you know, remember rail drives and stuff? Like yeah, oh, look, yeah, well before my five time. Five-ton bloody yeah. Grambys and shit. Yeah, well, this Gramby had come off the line. And the best way of putting a Gramby on was with a sleeper on the front of the uh, loco, underneath a lip on a Gramby, and you just drive your loco forward. Yeah. And as it had come up, it had sort of slide over and put the truck back on the line, which is, everyone was doing it. But this new started with me, thought he'd jump in and give a hand, and just he jumped in, the sleeper slipped. <laughs> and it took his leg off just above the knee. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. That was my first experience underground. Oh, God. And I remember there. thinking to myself, rat, you want to live in this fucking environment? You better keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah. So, uh, and the old man, he was actually working in the uh, shaft sink at Silver Lake at the time. And the only message he got was that one of the new starters had just had his leg chopped off. And he thought it must have been me, but he couldn't find out. Yeah. Because he hadn't been there long either. No one knew. And it wasn't until knock-off time. And when he seen me standing out near the ute waiting for a lift, he said, thank fuck it wasn't you. And he, he, he had that on his head all day because no one could tell him who it was got yeah. chopped off. So that was my first underground experience. You're like, right, I might just do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, so that's anyway, cool. when we did land up over at Hillgrove, yeah. we were working in a place called Waterfall. And to get to this fucking joint, you had to drive your ute up to where this brace was, and you got in a cage, had a little single rope, that ran down over the side of the hill, and you got halfway down the hill, and the cage actually come off the railway line, because they had a set of railway lines there, yep. and they come off it, and then you'd hang out in the middle of, the, middle of nowhere, and this thing would slowly spin around as you're going down, and then I don't know how this happened, but it'd get back on the line again, another 100 metres further down the side of the hill and then away you went. Yeah, right. And uh, then uh, we had the pleasure of handbogging the winds. Yep. And uh, I never worked so hard in all my fucking life as what I did when I worked for my old man. And that clue's going cross mates for the two Turilek brothers and they were fucking hard motherfuckers as well. But that's like, and in mine is eight degrees over there too because that is one oh, cold yeah. bloody prick yeah, of a joint. It is. Hillgrove, Armadale. Because when, when I went there, because we had to, where the offices were set up, you had to drive down through the gorge and then yeah, back yeah, over yep. the other side to where the actual mine was. And you, you'd see all these old adits and everything coming, yep. just poking out of the mountains. It was, it was um, All the old workings there was yeah. unbelievable. It's yeah, like very historic. historic if I remember right, there's probably about five or six different mines there at that time. Yeah. But the one we specifically ran was, was Waterfall. Yeah. And it was only supposed to be an expiration winds, but the fucking thing was eight before. So it was basically a, a shaft. Yep. And we had to timber it and, uh, yeah, all sorts. Because that was, um, and what was the value? Was it you're primarily chasing the antimony or the gold or both? 
when well they're there. at this point in time they're trying to get down to the level below and they were just sinking the winds down to get to the next where the next yeah. shoot was going to be so we just had to join that up yeah. but when you say a winds like normally you talk about a winds you know you talk, talk fucking 40 50 meters at the max well, we were down 120 meters oh really Shit. so it wasn't really a winds it was a fucking chart and what and so it was same thing just air, air leg and like strip it like a full kibble like what what sort of hand how what sort of process were you bloody excavating the winds back then well what we're doing is you're boring like a drag cut yeah uh, four foot bench as we called it yeah and you just like strip it down yeah and then once you bogged that one out you then go and strip the other side so you're just stripping your way so down so you're leaving a step the whole way yeah. essentially eh? yeah. yeah so you stand on a bit of hard rock and you bore that and you yeah. leave your pump in the body hole in the, in the bottom like a sump yeah and then you just bore to that it's fucking hard work eh yeah, oh, again, hand, bo- hand bog and everything, eh? Yeah, that's where yeah. I, I learned how to bog dirt. Yeah. With the old man. Yeah. He showed me how once, and then um, he climbed back up top and he'd pull the levers on the winch. Yeah. Until we got the, uh, I'd fill the kibble, and then I'd ride the kibble up top when the kibble was full, it was like a half ton body kibble. And then I'd go up and down until we got the five ton, no, sorry, the one ton fucking side tipper full. And then we'd push that fucking thing out about 300 metres out into the side hill and tip it over. Yep. And then we'd push it all the way back again. And then I'd go <laughs> back down the bottom. And, yeah, Moses, it was hard yakka. But And that's for bloody God. It puts it in perspective when you've got a big 60-ton oh, yeah. fucking truck, 60-ton of dirt humming up the decline oh, these yeah, days. Totally and you look back at Totally different. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were on 40 bucks a foot back then too, eh? Yep. And that was, would have been about to 70, 70, yeah, 1970. Yeah. 40 bucks a foot. That was fucking good That's, money. Yeah, yeah. $1970. Yeah. Shit. What, what was a pack of smokes back then? 20 cents? Oh, uh, yeah. Probably was. Um, I didn't smoke myself. I drank plenty of piss. And I know you could buy a carton of piss for about fucking five bucks. Yep. So. <laughs> there you go. So it was eight. You measured in. So it was eight cartons a foot. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that, that was a good job. And they were like, and what, what was your old man? So was he running his own contract there or... Yeah, well, um, the only reason we got the job was we were driving up the New England Highway and there's a sign there on the thing on the side of the road saying, uh, windsinker wanted. Yeah. So we were all travelling together back then. The old man had his car and caravan. I had me uh, FC Holden, I think it was then. And uh, he pulled in, so I just followed him in and then they told him he had to have a sidekick, so he just grabbed me and <laughs> that was my introduction to windsinking. Yeah, right. And where, where'd you... When when where'd you do after that? Once you sort of, I guess you ventured away from your old man to become your own miner. Oh yeah, but that was still a few years later. Oh, so um, you were at Hillgrove for a while. Yeah, we were there for probably about twelve months, and then we wandered on up to uh, Gunpowder in Queensland. Yep. And then um, I worked. You got you going from miners eight to bloody fifty <laughs> yeah. in bloody in one joint. Yeah. Fucking hot up there. Oh yeah, but that was that was good and same thing. Gunpowder. Paid good money. Yep. But uh, yeah, that was gunpowder was an interesting place. Yeah. What'd you get up? What'd you get up to there? You get ahead more towards the mechanised side when you got to gunpowder. Yeah. Yeah. There's um. Uh, that's where I got a job as a nipper to start with. Yep. But then I got in a shit being a nipper because uh, I wouldn't do what the jumbo operator told me to do. It doesn't um, strike me as something you'd fo- hate following instructions. Rat. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
But when you got the big Eric Shomer, who's about six foot tall in his wet socks and body about four feet across his shoulder blades, yelling and screaming at you, and he tells you to fuck off, you tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> the only trouble was I never come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I got in a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so um, then worked my way onto a bar and arm. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you know what a bar and arm is. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, she was yeah. all none of this carousel stuff. Oh, yeah, she was no, all no, hand no, loading no, rods and yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, you wind a leg up into the backs, and then you wind another leg up in the backs, and you put a steel bar in between the two, and then you put like a jumbo boom on top of that. Yep. And you worked your way around, and that's unfortunately where it got my hair ripped off. I've seen photos of this. I, oh, think, yeah. Yeah, I think you had the, uh, I think it was the emu bitter dry, uh, shirt on. I still remember the photo yeah. you showed the crews and you had the, I think it was an emu bitter shirt on yep. or something. Yeah. Like, how'd you, how the hell did you do that? Well, it was quite simple. Um, it was stupidity, but it was simple. Um, I'd broken the shank and the uh, Ingersoll Rand drifters back then had a rotation rod on the outside of the drifter and it sat on top. So once I changed the shank and started drilling again, because in a mad hurry, you, you just hurry up, you get the machine going, you drop all your spanners down on the ground and you just start drilling and then tidy up afterwards. Well, when I bent down to pick up the spanner is when my hair, which back then was about the middle of the shoulder blades, yep. uh, got tangled on the rotation rod on the top of the drifter. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I didn't really come to until I was in the aeroplane flying back to Mount Isa. Uh, but what they told me was is that I apparently run around the corner to where there's a bloke by the name of Mick Orlov who was training to be a doctor by correspondence. And I'd never heard of that before in my life. And apparently that's what he was doing. And I went around him and I said, Mick, Mick, help me. What's up, Brett? What's up? And I turned my head sideways and all he could see is this big bloody mass of shit on my head. And he passed out. <laughs> and I was gutted. This is what I've been told happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when I actually come to in hospital, this Mick Orlov was in the bed next to me. <laughs> and Earl Alexander, who was the mine manager back in them days, he uh, spoke to me and asked me what I thought happened. And I said, I've got no fucking idea. I remember bending down to pick up the spanner and then waking up here. <laughs> and apparently uh, when Mick Orlov passed out, I was really pissed off and I stuck me number eight size... <laughs> Jump out a copper steel cap boot into his ribs and break three of his ribs. <laughs> and then apparently I crawled out into the bloody main decline, is where I collapsed, and uh, that's where I got found out in the decline. So you're pretty much you, you got you, you pretty much got your skull you got your skull fucking ripped off, yeah, pissing lift, blood. Lifted the uh, scalp, uh, yeah, the scalp off the skull. Yeah. And it actually started to tear, and that's when apparently the roots of the hair let go right and rip the whole scalp out but it was a bloody mess oh it was a bloody gee. mess and oh. i was a mess too when they found me yeah yeah because you would have just fucking ended up fainting wouldn't you well, but you would have been running off yeah. fucking shock for a while yeah, i didn't really know what was happening yeah and, uh, apparently the nipper who used to drive ingersoll uh no ingersoll no garden of denver or was it john deere sorry it was the john deere tractor yep he picked me up, threw me on the back of the tray on the back of the track and drove me up to the medics. And then they flew me out. Yep. And then they went down to investigate, and that's when they found Mick. <laughs> so then they got the plane that flew me into Mount Isa, turned around, come back and picked Mick up and took him in the hospital because no one had any idea what the fuck happened to him. Even he didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it sort of worked out that that's, that's what happened. Yeah, I, had no, I had no idea I'd done any of that. Yeah, just, yeah. It was just a blur. And you still got the bit of the bald... 
bald oh, yeah, spot yeah, there yeah, now. Sort of a bit of that there. Yeah. 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 But um, for years I had massive migraine headaches. Yeah. And I had a drip in the back of the skull because as everything was mending, it was all fluid coming out and a little like a clostrophy bag on the thing over where it all drained. Oh, yeah, yeah, That went yeah. on for a long, long time. Yeah. How long were you off work for? Uh, it wasn't that long, probably about two months. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sort of. It come good, but then I cut my hair short after that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was. It was down below the armpits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's like... But it's just, the, as you said, it's just that. It was that, I guess, that culture back then. You said, you, you, as yeah. you said, you never worked fucking harder than you did with your old man. That was your intro to mine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as you said, you only had two months off and you're ripping your whole fucking mm. head off. Mm. It was just a hard working class era back then. I guess it's funny. It was just bred into you, be a tough prick, wasn't it? Well, the old man, he'd been mine all his life. Yeah. His father mined all his life, the great grandfather mine. So it was yeah. just, it's in the blood. Yeah. Along with all the scars and the copper and the nickel <laughs> and everything else that they did, not Oh, yeah, and like, God, as, as you said, like, you, you've worked in the fucking era when mm. before all the like diesel particulate filters come in, oh. all open cab fucking equip, open cab boggers, like it's, um, you, you're not asking for a big lifespan, are you, when you're working in these conditions, but like, buddy. Well, that's that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. Buddy, um, see, when I first kicked off, there was no diesel, it was all air. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, of course. Yep. Six-inch steel pipes, four-inch pipes for your buddy pump. Yep. Um, Two-inch for your buddy water. You know, like, Even your lights were air, weren't they, some of them? Uh, <laughs> I've heard well, someone say that. Some of them were. <laughs> the Garden of Denver Jumbo, that was run by air. That had a little um, uh, air-driven alternator on it. You used to drive your fucking nuts <laughs> all day long. But yeah, yeah. So, no, it was good. When when did you get over to venture back over to WA? You've gone the first from, you've time, gone second from, time, or you've, third time? You've gone from fucking <laughs> you're going from cold cold ass tablelands in New South Wales to North Queensland to gunpowder. When did you you ventured back to Cambalda yeah. sort of area after that? Did you? Well, yeah, I sort of um, when I left gunpowder after I got me three page essay and why I should leave, um, <laughs> I ended up. Um, where do I head there? I had I decided I'd go to Meriden and see me schoolmates. And uh, half of them had moved on, and the other half are still there and still never left Meriden. Yep. Uh, Where's then, Meriden? Uh, it's halfway between Kalgoorlie and Buddy Perth. Yep. You sort of. I should know that. I live in WA. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I don't. It's yeah. about halfway along. Yep. I'd done me uh, high school there after we left Kbar and went, we went to Meriden after that. Yep. And uh, then I ventured back into underground at Campbellder. And uh, that's where I was working at the Fisher and the Hunt and Long and Red Hill and all them places. And they all got interesting little stories too, if you've got time to hear them. Oh, look, oh, mate, I've travelled this far, mate. You may as well fucking do it. <laughs> you may as well delve into them. What did you, when did you get, when did you first get on the levers, get on the jumbo, actually the on the jumbo levers, which was fucking about 25 levers to a jumbo back then, wasn't it? Well, it was a Garden of Denver, three-boom Garden of Denver. Yeah. And each, each boom had, uh, let's see, five, ten... 11, 12, had about 14 levers. Because it wasn't like it is now, like oh, one shit. lever moves four no, ways. This no, is no. The, each lever move one way for yep. one fucking move. Boom no. up, boom down. Boom I remember, up, I remember when, we're at, when we're at Fortnum, buddy, Ray, Ray Finesse actually had a picture of himself um, on one of those jumbos yep. back in the day you know, when you wore a flanny to work and, and all that and just the, it was un- unbelievable. Yeah, it was so, like, yeah. Then you had another air for, uh, tap for the air, another tap for the water. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty interesting, but that would have been about uh, 75. Yep. 
And uh, after I left gunpowder, and I, I ended up with a job as a bogger driver at the Fisher. And I kept hounding everyone to get a job back on the jumbo, which I'd never been on at that time, but I just told them I was a jumbo operator <laughs> from Queensland. Oh, it's still up to now. That's what I did. <laughs> and because uh, that's where the money was, and that's yeah. where I wanted to be. I wanted to be on a jumbo. So yeah. uh, anyway, that someone left, and uh, they said, right, oh, rat, you're, you're turned on the jumbo now. Show us how to do it. And I got put with a bloke by the name of Wayne Rolls, who I think still alive. Yep. And, man, he was a big boy. He was. He would have been six foot six, four feet across shoulders, and one hand on him would be two of mine. Yep. Big boy. And uh, he said, right, oh, he said, and in them days, what used to happen, he had a bloke on the jumbo for one week, and he had a bloke on the bogger for a week, and then after a week, he'd swap over. And that's the way the contract was yeah, right. set up, yep. So, yep. which is actually quite good. And when you bogged, all you had to do is bog from heading to the stockpile. Yep. And your trucking crew would come down and get rid of all your dirt. Yep. Pretty sort of similarly, but not the same today. Anyway, come around to my turn on the jumbo, and he said, right, hey, give it shit. And I, yeah, right, hey. So uh, I got up on the jumbo, and I looked Rollsy right between the eyes, you know, looking up, four feet up in the air, so I could see him right between the eyes. And I said, you're going to teach me how to use this fucking thing or what? And he couldn't believe it. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He said, what do you mean, teacher? I said, I've never used one of these in my life. He said, you're fucking shitting me. I said, no. I said, but I want to be a jumbo operator, so teach me. Well, fuck me, mate. You should have seen the look in his eye. <laughs> I thought he was going to kill me on the spot. <laughs> because that was a contract, two-man contract, yep. each shift. Yeah. Yep. And uh, anyway, he said, well, I'll say one thing for you, right? He said, you got guts. Yeah. <laughs> he said, so I'll teach you. And he did. Yeah. For the next three months, every time I fucked up, he kicked me right up the ass with his size 10 Westing Mining Company steel cap fucking boots every time I fucked up, and he never missed. Yep. <laughs> and then I learnt. Yep. And yep. that's how you learnt. Yep. And what, what, what did you... Do you remember, like... You remember the training days, like, oh, like when you. you say when you say fucked up, what like are you talking to quit like damage? You're talking no, to, no, no. Like, just if I didn't board a hole, if I didn't collar the hole within two inches of where he reckon it should be, I got a kick in ass. Yeah, right. If I did, if I had one hole, like after you fight, if that one hole wandered out, I got a kick in ass. If my yeah. backs weren't level, yeah, not like nowadays, all your backs are all sore teeth all over the place. Back then they had to be spot on. Yeah, it just yeah, I just got kicked ass left, right, and centre for three months. Yep. And then after a while, I decided that I'm probably good enough now. So then he kicked me up the ass one more time. I said, it's the last fucking time you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, that, was the gra- that was the graduation, eh? And that, that was it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the way it was. You fucked up, you got you know, someone to beat you up. Yeah. So um, either behind the workshop or down a hole or it didn't matter where, you, yeah. when you fucked up, you got a flogging and yeah. you learnt. Yeah. Because that was the culture at that time. Yeah. And sometimes I wish it'd come back because, by the fuck, there's some blokes out here nowadays need a good flogging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, but hasn't it changed? Oh, yeah. Now you've got HR departments oh. that uh, counsel people for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess it's, <laughs> it's all, I guess it's all changed for a reason when you look at it. <laughs> oh, look, it, nothing could stay the, the way it was going because it, it had to change. Yeah. Um, but it's a pity, really, because there's lots of characters out there coming through the system at that time and, and they sort of taught you what you know now and the only mm. way you learned is the hard way. Mm. There's no easy way to learn any. Because I found if you learn it easy you don't you don't learn it. 
Yeah, it doesn't sink. Well, as you said, every time you, it sinks in when you're getting a foot straight in your ring hole. A steel oh, cap yeah. bloody <laughs> repetitively <laughs> by the sounds. And he didn't miss. Yeah. Never missed. Not once. He'd probably have a bit of force born. He's playing in the size of the bastard. Like I said he's a big boy. <laughs> and he meant it. Every time he kicked, he meant it. Yeah. The, the, I guess your, your, your early jumbo crew, mate, you might be able to first. So I've got a few stories as well, but you can validate them. And this is this is your interview, so you can um, you can yeah. just make whatever you want. No, up. no, I don't tell lies, mate. Everything I say is true. Now, now, and I Kenny, can back this up. Kenny Morgan actually, he, I think he, I think he uh, maybe he got the name wrong, but he he did say one day he's like, yeah, well, I think we're, I think it was around Cambalder or something. And he said, uh, yeah, Mick come up at the end of shift. He's like, yeah, yeah, yep. I got you. Yeah, I got the cutaway. I just uh, didn't have time to put the lifters in. Sorry. No, that wasn't <laughs> fucking me. I'll tell you that much. I know who that was, actually. <laughs> I think he's dead now, so I can probably, I could probably mention his name. Yep, yep. Um, I, I, I apologise to his relatives, but uh, his name is Laurie Debatini. Yeah. And I was working with a bloke of, uh, by the name of Mick Laffin. It was the same thing. Jumbo one week, bogger the next. Yep. And, uh, Mick Laffin, that's a name I hear, hear a bit still. Yeah, he's from Queensland. There is yeah. another Mick Laffin running around, but it's not the same. Oh, okay, yeah. There's yeah. one from Queensland and one here from the west. Yeah. Anyway, buddy, uh, I was standing up on the muck pile, as you do back then, scaling off the dirt. And uh, Mick come roaring down the decline with the bogger, and he knocked me over. Like, the bogger stayed back at the uh, start of the muck pile, and uh, the bogger stayed there, but Mick didn't. He flew out of seat, hit the mud guard, hit the wheel, hit the edge of the bucket, hit the bit of dirt that was in the bucket and knocked me over. Yeah, right. Said, what the fuck are you doing? He said, oh, he said, I don't think the lifters are going off. Oh, right, eh? Well, back then when there was no electrics, everything was air. So we had to drag this squiller pump down and the air hose and the pump hose. Yeah. And we cleaned up and cleaned up and we actually found the butts from the lifters of the last cut. <laughs> And there's about a metre and a half, two metre high fucking lift. And we're going, where the fuck's the lifters? Where's the holes? <laughs> so anyway, uh, I wandered back to the jumbo because obviously uh, Mick was on a bog and I was on the jumbo. And uh, there was a note on the jumbo and it was from Laurie. He said, sorry, Mick, I didn't get time to bore the lifters, but I did fire me cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking, I showed this to Laffo. Well, he was going to strangle this prick and he nearly did it knock off time. But just then around the corner come the foreman whose name was uh, Ken Hogan, if I remember right. Yeah, it was. Yep. And I showed him the note and he said, oh, surely you're joking. And I said, well, come down and have a look. <laughs> and he said, you shit me. I said, well, here's a note. <laughs> so, yeah, so Laurie got in a bit of shit over that. Yeah. <laughs> so it took three people to drag Laffo off him and knock off the one. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, great. That was, yeah. It was awesome. But I can't believe Kenny Morgan said uh, he put your name to it. Nah, he? nah, nah, it wasn't me, mate. Oh, no. Nah. Nah, definitely not. That fucking Morgan, he, he's, he's a prick, he is. Oh, Wait till I see him next. Oh, he's, I've got no way for getting him on here. He's too yeah. bloody. Yeah, he's too, too slippery. He's, uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit about Kenny later, but oh, yeah. mate, to, to tell you what, the neatest, neatest handwriting I've ever seen oh, when okay. I was cross-shifting him as a... Uh, I was. Oh, I think I was jumbo shift boss. He was shift boss's mm. cross shifting him that board because it's the the old whiteboard printer whiteboard. And mate, that oh, the never seen such neat yeah. handwriting. And in the shift book, and yep. he was the same that way on the bogger, wasn't he? They reckon he was the neatest oh, yeah. bogger operator yep. you've ever seen. Yeah, well, when his paperwork came through, obviously when I got further up the ranks, his paperwork comes through. He understood exactly what was happening, what was there. Yep. 
Oh, it was good. Uh, yeah. I think his mum uh, uh, hammered him to write properly. Yeah, yeah. So I met his mum some years ago, and she was pretty pedantic about lots of things. That are reflected in the way, like, and saying everything he did underground. Oh, and yeah. then it was a funny story. I remember, cause I remember I did me, when I did shift possum time with you guys at, at DeGrosa, yep. um, got seconded to you for six months. So I'm obviously way out of my depth trying to learn how to shift, or just trying to learn how the mining cycle actually really yeah. works yeah. after staring at a computer screen. And uh, Kenny was my first shift boss, uh, my first cross shift. Yep. So I'm in there trying to, like, like worried about, um, worried about, like, the handover. I'm thinking I fucked him over and all yep. this. And um, he's got his All Blacks lunchbox. <laughs> and he's and he's part oh, no, and I'm trying to have this handover with him and he keeps passing it to me. He's like, right, so when you're rucking a mall on this is it. So if you hold that, I'll come in and fucking <laughs> turned into this big rugby tutorial because yeah. you know, as you know, he's a bit partial to the All Blacks and yeah, the, and the Highlanders. Yeah. And oh, I was just like, right, I've just got to relax a bit because Kenny's pretty relaxed. Yep. <laughs> oh, absolute great bloke, great bloke. Hope you're doing well out there, Kenny. If you're listening to this, yeah. Yeah. I will be. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, that's the buddy. That's the first. First half hour done, so well, oh. buddy, we might need a refresher. I'll have four breaks. That'll be me four beers, but we'll have we'll have a quick breather and uh, look. We'll get on to. Uh, we'll keep going through the. I guess the chronological love story of your mining career, mate, and yeah. uh, where where bloody from from then? What are we up to? Nineteen? We haven't even hit the nineteen eighties yet. I don't oh, think. Oh fuck no! Mate. I think we're, we're in we're late seventies. Seventy four. This might be a, this might be a three time. part series. The rate we're going. So yeah, no, too easy. Right, we'll get back to the rat in a minute. I hope you're enjoying it. I certainly am so far. Right, we'll get back to our episode in a minute, but I've got uh, John R. Johnson here from Australian Resources Contracting. John, I wanted to ask you about the air leg uh, services you provide, rising specifically. Now, give us a rundown on what types of rising you do provide. Yeah, no worries, Matt. We can do uh, slot rising for the long old stopes and also your escapeways. Now, with the escapeways, do you install the ladderways as well? Uh, yes, we do, Matt. That's all part of the service. Yep, and how quick can you mobilise and get the side if people need some escapeways or some slot rises in? Well, Matt, we've got a land, couple of Land Cruiser Utes. We can load up and mobilise ASAP whenever required. And what's your, what's your travel range? Your WA specifically? No, not at all, Matt. We've done work in every state in Australia apart from Northern Territory and or in Tasmania, and we've done international work. And so if people want to get in contact with you, Jono, what's your best uh, means for that? Uh, email's the best, Matt, john at osrezcon.com.au. Too easy, mate. Thanks very much for that, Jono. We'll get back to the episode. Right, oh, back back with the rat. Now, rat, you've you told me a ripper. Now, uh, there's a lot of stories I don't know, but there's a couple I've still got in here. That's what I said when I, when I conned you into this. So, um, you conned me co- all right, co- you co- Coerced, I think's the uh, word, mate. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, when I said, right, I wrote down the, here's the stories I remember you telling me at the wet mess. Um, come up with eight more. And one of them, this just bloody, I'll let, I'll let you tell it. But now, just tell us about your work attire. Back, this is back when you are on the Jumbo in Cambalda. Tell us about your work attire, what you wore, and I guess your standard of um, appearance back then. Well, this is in the time before reflective gear took over. And basically, so long as you had a, a shirt... It could be a t-shirt um, and a long pair of pants on. You were, you were good, but personally, I used to wear buddy uh, minus flannel. Yep, like, uh, a, like a, a pair flannel, of jeans, flanny that we yeah. wear in here. Yeah, like even when I was on the air leg, I always wore the flannel because that kept you warm. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, one particular time at a mine I was working at, and I got dragged over to Coles because the pair of uh, pants I was working, the knees were out of it, the ass was out of it. Uh, the, se- the sleeve was split underneath one of the armpits, and there's a bit of a hole. And uh, I got churned up about body looking a bit presentable because there's going to be a, uh, I think they were a Japanese entourage coming through the following day and they didn't want this scruffy looking prick up on the jumbo. <laughs> and I thought, right, I'll give you a scruffy looking prick. So when I knocked off work that particular day, I drove all the way into Kalgoorlie and found, I think it might have been St. Vincent de Paul's there in Boulder, opposite the cop shop. Yeah. <laughs> And they had this suit. <laughs> and no shit, it was a double-breasted jacket. It had the cravat. You know, cravat, you have around your neck? Yeah, yep, yep. It yep. had the five-finger little thing in the pocket. Yep. <laughs> and, oh, it was magnificent. It had the vest, you know. The, you know yeah, yeah. Oh, she's about, full, t- full tuck oh, suit. Oh, the whole lot. Yeah, it yeah. only cost me 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you fucking beauty, I'll give these scruffy pricks. So next day I rocked up at work and I've got this thing on. <laughs> Well, you can imagine. Yeah. So I went up to the uh, office, and in them days, the ship boss used to hand you a plot. Yeah. And he'd say, what the fuck are you doing? I said, well, I'm all dressed up, like you said. Mick, you can't go down the hole like that. And I said, well, just fucking watch me. <laughs> so with that, I grabbed me plot and grabbed me nipper, and away we went. So about three hours later, I'm on a jumbo boring away madly, and next minute, there's fucking about four ute loads of people turned up. And all Japanese visitors, they might have been investors and bankers or I don't know who they were. But, man, they were, let's say, impressed was probably the word. I don't think they a looked at any girls other <laughs> yeah. than me standing on the jumbo with my little white gloves because I put a little white oh, gloves yeah, on the, me. Yeah, the gloves. Had the gloves, had the lot. I even polished my hat and my boots for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Did and, they invest or bloody? Oh, well, apparently they did. Yeah. They were impressed. They'd just never seen anything before in their life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> as soon as they fucked off, I took the vest off and I took the jacket off and took all that. It was too fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, fucking hot it would have been. So I finished Did you shift. get it dry cleaned afterwards? or? Uh, when I finished, I threw them in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> and next day I turned up with my scruffy old jeans and my shirt. Yeah, no yeah. one said a word. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 20 bucks suit, even at Viddy's there, that's probably oh. about 100 bucks these days. Oh, at least. Days yeah, be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I cop flack for ages over that. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Now, yeah. before we leave Camp Outer, we'll come back to Camp Outer. How many, yeah, about how many five, times? How many to- yeah, well, five starts at five, Camp Six, something like that. Yeah. Now, tell me about the Camp Outer cut. Uh, that's maybe the-, the wrong spot. It's not the Campbellder cut, if you're talking about... Yeah, no, nah, but just the word, the... Now, when you've... Because you're... The, the, just the Campbellder cut story. No, no, it didn't probably happen in Campbellder. Yeah, no, it actually happened at Flanger, uh, up in Queensland. All right? As, uh, I was working up there, and we had a, a drift going down. And when we got to the bottom of it, they just took the jumbo away and lined it up with these truckloads of air legs and machines and hoses and steels and all that shit. Just dumped it in the middle of the paddock. Yeah. Put the jumbo on the truck and away it went. So I was working with this bloke from Charterst House. And um, I grabbed the reamers and all that sort of stuff, as you normally do. Yep. And he said, what the fuck are these things? I said, reamers. He said, what do you do with them? I said, well, that's where you bore your cut with. He said, not where I come from. So he just bored these fucking two holes, 
two that way and two this way. And I said, that'll never come out. He said, well, you just watch it. Anyway, fuck me, it come out. Well, was it like a postal? Like, no, similar. <coughs> it wasn't even a postal. Just no, no, no fucking rooms at all. Two holes straight in that way. Yeah. Two holes in like that. Yeah. And two like that, and then we're into your box. Yeah. And it come out every time. Fuck me. So years later, when I come back to Campbellder, I landed up on the jumbo then. I thought, I wonder how one of these fucking man eyes of burn cutters he called it works. Yeah. So I tried it. And uh, no, it didn't work in didn't work in Campbellder. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back to use the Remus. Oh, fuck. it was it was fucking Bowdo bloody. He was um, telling me about when he went over to fucking Kazakhstan, yeah. and he, he went over there and must have been just awesome ground that just shot its ass out. And he went over there and they were doing like the postal patterns. Yeah, no, same thing. No Remus. Yep. And he um. Yeah, so so he, he rolled in there. He's like, "Fuck, I'm just I'm too nervous to do this because you just you just know you fucking learnt. Yeah, yeah. You've just used rumours your whole life, and he bought this postal pattern. He walks in to re-enter it, and he's like, "This fuck all dirt." He's like, "There's dirt about fifty meters up the drive." He's like, oh, "But he couldn't see a real pole." He's like, "Oh no, what have yeah. we fucking done?" Yeah. And he reckons, mate, it pulled to the ass because there's no rumours. It just yeah. shot the fucking whole thing. It was like this gentle fucking real pole. The yeah, whole... All the way back up. Yeah. yeah. You, you'll find a lot of uh, miners from Tassie. Yep. Um, when they came to Campbellda, uh, when they, yeah, sorry, when they came to Campbellda from Tasmania, a lot of them never used rumours because they didn't know what they were. Yeah. They used and to what, use a post hole. Yeah. And, and, what, what ground conditions are going to let you use a post hole? you got to have it real fucking hard and shoot. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. want to pug your stuff because it just, it just pugs up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, fucking, yeah, that was funny, that. But even even all the, a lot of the air leg, like, I haven't, fucking, I'm not no air leg fucking pre-OS. I've only been in a couple of sites that have had them. But there, um, I remember the first time I've seen it, this was eight years ago, one guy, he, he'd always used just a post hole pattern for yep. his risers. Yeah. It was pretty fucking hard, shooty ground. But yeah, the last last place I seen Airleg, and they're all they're using reamers every every yeah, rise yeah. as well now. Yeah, it's like, just something that's just come in and it's just stayed that way ever since because you don't get too many blokes to experiment anymore. Yeah. <coughs> in in the day where you had to pay for explosives, that's when you experimented. You worked out where you could pull a hole out of here and yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. you did at one time. You had to pay for explosives. Not like nowadays, you can use whatever you want and yeah, yeah, just put whatever mm. on the plane and blow the rest up at the face. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, so when you buddy, you headed to a col like you you headed to a colliery, yeah, yeah. Newcastle, yep. Oh, yeah, uh, mate, yeah, because yeah, you, I suppose you couldn't a bit of AD geographical ADD, you couldn't sit fucking still. You had to go, yeah, no, go back to the other side of the country, huh? Mate, yeah, I've probably done about nine trips around Australia all up yeah. before I came. How many out. times you done the Nullarbor? Uh, done- well, first two times it was dirt. Oh, the whole way. Yeah, yeah, right. Like the yeah. uh, bitumen run out probably about Northern. And you didn't see bitumen again until you got to probably uh, just out of, uh, was it Sojourner? Eucla. Oh, well, Eucla's anyway. bottom of sort of the WA entrance nearly. Then yeah, Sojourner's no, over the other towards, side. Uh, closer towards Adelaide. Yeah, that'd be uh, Sojourner. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. Where the and, fucking yeah, that's, oysters that's are. That's it. And, but nowadays, you, you go all the way around Australia and bitumen the whole way, whereas mm. in my time, mate, I was only seeing bitumen in towns. You didn't see them anywhere else. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. I've gone back that way and, and this way. On it's a, it's a very therapeutic drive. I fucking loved it uh, going across yeah, the Yeah, it's boring as fuck, though, because it's just flat. 
Yeah, but it, I don't know. It just you, you've I don't know. You, you, I might, must have reached my spiritual self or something. Fuck, you reached yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know. I'd quickly fucking tape it off. But uh, <laughs> I remember a trip we'd done with the old boy, and I, I think I must have been probably about ten. And uh, he'd worked his way over over here to west, and then we're heading back over to east. And uh, he had an old Vauxhall, if I remember right, and I had a boot on it. It was like a, a door. It was on a boot. That. And uh, every now and again, you'd open up the boot just to let some air flow through the car. And um, I happened to notice there was a truck behind us. And I said to the boss, which I called him boss, yeah. I said, boss, there's a truck behind us. Yeah, quick, get in, shut the door. So we got in and shut the door. Next time I saw that truck was in front of us, because just after I shut the door, we went into a bulldust hole. It must have been about two, two miles long and the full width of the road wide. I don't know how the truck got past it without running over us because yeah. we didn't see it at all. Yeah, right. But the next time he saw it, it was in front of us. <laughs> Fucking, that was amazing, that was. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a true story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As always, oh, as oh, all as these always, are, mate, of course. I've got photos so I can prove this. Yeah, oh, mate, you can make up whatever you want. As I said, we're all about uh, putting I, I, don't make, I don't make stories. Well, you don't mate, need to. You've got, you got enough true, good true ones. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, um, after we left... Uh, well, fuck, where we go? Me and Brian were working together at Campbell at Longshaft, and uh, he headed over east to a place called Ardleith, and we'd done a job there, and then we went, that's where we ended up the coal mines in Newcastle. Yeah. And that was fucking interesting, so I'd never ever seen four men on their leg before in my life. Was it all unionised oh, back yeah. then? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, still yeah you is, couldn't obviously. move without having a union rep around somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, when I rocked up there, they had this big man always cut about 10 blokes at a time. Yeah. And we rocked up, we were doing this underground coal bin. And uh, because that was in the, like, the sandstone bar, the coal miners wouldn't touch it. So that's when us guys come in. And when we get there, there's four air legs all rigged up. Oh, fuck. So I just grabbed one and been a big gun and young bloke and all that, just grabbed one and started boring. Well, within minutes, all these other guys that were around me at the time, they just all fucked off and I had no idea where they went. So um, probably half hour later, next time I turned around, there's about 500 people standing around. They all got their lights on me. Me, I lit up like a bloody Christmas tree. <laughs> <coughs> and this bloke come along and he kicked the air and water off and he said, Mick, he said, you're from Kalgoorlie, aren't you? Yeah, boy. He said, well, here in the coal mines, it's four men to one air leg. Well, I just started laughing. I said, four men to one air leg. I said, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no. He said, I'm not kidding. And with that, he clicked his fingers. And I went, oh, this should be interesting. So one bloke grabbed the steel. Another bloke grabbed the machine and the controls. Third bloke had his foot on the air leg so it didn't slide away. <laughs> and the fourth bloke actually hung on to the hoses so the other three didn't trip over. Oh. And they had bought about two or three holes, and I tell you what, I'd never seen such a smozzle in my life. <laughs> Not even when I was training was I that bad. <laughs> and um, I said, is that how it's done here? He said, yep. He said, that's how we do it in the coal mines, four men on their leg. And he said, and that's the way we're going to continue to do it. I said, okay, no worries. I said, tell me one thing, who makes the most money here? The bloke with his hands on the steel, <laughs> the machine, the bloke with his foot on the core foot, or the bloke looking after the hoses? And he said, they all get the same money here, Mick. Everyone doesn't get paid any more than anyone else. And I said, good. For the rest of my time here, I'm looking after the hoses. Fuck that. <laughs> I fucking hope that's exactly the one you'd do. So I did. But having said that, over the next couple of months, I grabbed these guys with me and I said, listen, we're fucking idiots. 
I said, what do you mean? I said, well, this is a one-man job, and I've showed you guys that. I said, here, there's fucking eight of us around here looking after two machines. I said, two blokes can be boring and the other six can be sleeping. <laughs> well, you could, have got, you could have got another few air legs and just worked for two hours and fucked off. <laughs> so, in the end, that's what I've done. I trained these guys up. Yep. And uh, when we were on night shift, mate, two of us would go and bore out. Or we'll do half a shift each or whatever. Yep. And the others would just park up and go to sleep. <laughs> so when we knocked off work, we used to go down to the Bonnells Bay RSL Club and we'd drink piss and play um, uh, what do you call them fucking thing? poker machines and that yeah yep yep and yeah it was great and got paid top dollar yeah right yeah, there'd you go from I guess the intensity you were used to in fucking jumbo and Kalgoorlie and that to go work in your unionised coal mine but oh, then go th- but then go back to it like yeah right, you, that you'd, was fucked you'd yeah. develop some uh, shit habits I'd reckon no no I, I didn't allow myself to do that because it doesn't matter what you do I, I like to work so mm. Um, and I know some people out there probably laugh at that, but fuck them. Yeah, yeah. And what, because what, what did you give away the jumbo for a bit? Well, I'd been on the jumbo about 37 years by the time I'd give it away, so I was sick of it. No, 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 by the, is that when you went to, when you went over to the colliery? Like, because you'd already been on the jumbo prior to that, hadn't you? Yeah, no, it was just a job that popped up. Yeah. Because uh, we'd left Art Leithen, and uh, I was just wanted to see what the coal mines were like, so I went there. Yeah. And then after that, we landed up back at Thalanga, up, up at Thalanga. Yeah, so, yeah. That was good. Yeah, nice. Well, then, I was crisscrossing the country, so. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm gathering that. You're making me fucking dizzy trying to keep up with which part <laughs> we're up to. <laughs> yeah. When did you, when'd you get in back to Kalgoorlie, that, the Kalgoorlie, Campbell, the thriving uh, thriving well, mining industry back in the 80s? Probably 81. Yep. Because uh, after I left the coal mines, I went up to Thalanga in Queensland. And uh, then from there, the job finished after eight months, and I was working for a bloke called Heinz Moslacker, and we were doing a thing. It sounds sounds a European of some sort. Yeah, was it? Yeah, 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 And a uh, lot of lot of Cro- like Croatians and everything you. back then. Yugoslavs. Why was it? It's because they, they were such fucking hard workers, weren't they? Oh, they had their finger in the pie as far as picking up contracts. Yeah, right. Um, on. Yeah. And big companies, you know, they were looking for someone to make the work happen. So. Yugoslavs and Croatians generally tend to make shit happen. Yep. But uh, this Hines, he was a fucking top bloke. I was only there two days and bought a cut. This is when we still had the jumbo. Yep. Uh, bought a cut and come up for crib. And uh, he's happened to be in the office. And he said, yeah, mate, have a beer. I said, what? He said, no, have a drink. I said, fuck off. Well, it was a fucking grapper or something. <laughs> whatever you wanted. Yeah, right. And uh, I said, yeah, but you know, we've still got to go down the hall. Ah, don't worry about that. No Bretos here. So I looked around and these other guys I was working with, one's got a bottle of red, another one's got a fucking couple of beers under his belt. And what you do then is uh, cook and cookie, whatever you wanted. Yeah. Because uh, like, it's only four-man crew. And uh, whatever you wanted, you, you ate and you had a beer. And I thought, you fucking beauty, I've just found a job of my life. <laughs> I can go and make a fortune underground. I can come up and have a beer for crib. And then, yeah, this will do me. Well, I had two beers for me, steak and eggs and chips. And I went back down the hole and I've had and declare from that day to this, I'll never, ever, ever have another drink to go back to work ever again. And I never have. Oh, but you'd, you'd just feel shit, wouldn't you? You'd feel lethargic <sighs> as anything. Well, when you go to work and you cook from the piss, you know in a couple of hours you're going to be right. Yeah. But when you've just had a couple of beers and you go back down the hole, 
No, nah, mate, you, you, your brain's fucked. It's yeah. just totally fucked. You just can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the way that job stayed for another, I think, eight and a half months after that. I used yeah. to wait or knock off, then I'd catch up. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I just couldn't do that. Yeah. Anyway, we left that job, and uh, as I was driving out of the uh, Bells Creek Caravan Park, which is where we were living to do the Thalinga job, Rose from the pub come racing home and said, Mick, Mick, your brother's on the phone. Which one? I said, Brian. Oh, right, eh? So he wanted me to come back to Kalgoorlie. Is that when he was with Elton's? No, no, no. Yeah. Just way before that. Yeah, That's right. when I uh, were doing the Cassidy shaft. Yep. That was Tisson. Was that, was that Tony, Tony Miage? Was he, Tony the, ma- Miage was he was the master sinker for that job, wasn't he? He's, he's, well, he wasn't a master sinker, but he, he's, he was a gun on the crew, on yep. that crew. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... I wanted to go to, to um, Cairns because I'd never been to Cairns before in my life. Yep. So I'm tossing up here. Which way to go? Go to Cairns? <laughs> North Queensland or, or the go other, to diagonally across. Yeah. And still inside, and I'll show you later, I've got a set of coins. And when I can't make up my mind what I want to do, I flip these coins and whichever way they lay, yeah, right. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. Still and to I, this day. To huh? this day. What's the last flip you've done? Uh, Whether to retire or not. Well, basically, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Whether to do this podcast and potentially. Oh, mate, I'm still wondering about this. No, no, mate. As I said, I'll give you a copy and you can send it to the lawyers. You probably fucking got a few lawyer mates after all these years, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, So uh, when it came around to making up my mind, I went in the caravan, got the coins out, and Rose, and by that time Rex had turned up, and half the caravan park had turned up, and I'm going, well, Kalgoorlie, heads, tails, cans. Yep. And it's the first time I'd thrown heads in months. <laughs> so instead of turning left to go to Cairns, we turned right and headed back to Kalgoorlie. And that's when we come back. You know, that was about 81. Yeah. But, but, how, but how good is life when you can flip a coin just to yeah. see where you're going to yeah. go? Like that's, that well, is that's fucking, you can't like get any then. better than that. You, you can't do it nowadays. Nah. Uh, nah. But back then, well, I certainly could because I had the car and the caravan and the kids. Yeah. And the kids hadn't even gone to started going to high school at that stage. Yep. So we just went. That's, yep. that's what we done. Yeah. Yeah. No. Great. So yeah, we the Cassidy shaft. So that's and that's that was going in. That's going the Mount Charlotte shaft, isn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Still in operation today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. That's a unreal. Have you have you driven through? Yeah. Oh, you would have driven through Cow when you were at Hayes yeah, yeah, Day and shit. Yeah. It's unreal when you drive past. I actually I went for four days at Mount Charlotte just for a bloody have sort. a look around. Yeah. No, nah, it was it was with the, yeah it was a, with the, when I was doing the with the consultant crew, and um oh it's just unreal when you when you drive past that road and you see that big fucking hole and yeah. all the waste going in just thinking no and that's the that's the cave like that's the bloody yeah, the yeah, sinkhole yeah. and they've yep. just they're continue yeah. they continuously got it bloody you usually see that big real pile of bloody rock under the conveyor yeah. the, you know the, the, the things bloody the there. things yeah. bloody chockers but yeah it's just un it's unbelievable that joint like they're they literally going in like they called it remnant mining but they were literally going going back through and literally stripping the outside of the cave in, taking everything, and just because when before it, had, I think like, and a lot of the a lot of the stuff they're getting like the the old backfill they put in, that's when bloody, 
you know, 10, it was like 10 gram a tonne bloody, uh, it could have been 10 gram a tonne waste that was, wasn't considered viable when the gold price was absolutely fuck all. And um, so that's the backfill they sent into the thing. So, and then I remember asking them, they, I'm hoping to get me facts right, but who fucking cares anyway? I'm not going to affect the share price. But um, I think they said they actually fired a fucking 6,000 tonne ring. Yeah. And they bogged the fucking thing for two years because yeah, they they literally fucking kept like bogging the backfill and everything, and it just kept grading. It kept grading it fucking yep. like because it's a low grade mine. But um, yeah, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. And they were just like they're just literally fucking expanding this cave yep. all the way down. Well, you have a look at the super pit nowadays. Yeah. I generally every now and again I'll go and have a look whenever I head back up to Carl see the grandkids and that. And uh, I think myself, I've worked in four mines in that super pit. Just in that super pit before um, Bondi fucking yeah, bought them all. Yeah. Yep. You know, like the, um, the, the Pringer, which is a top job. Yep. Uh, which we'll get to that at some stage. And, and uh, North Kalgoorlie uh, yep. worked in that. Um, done some uh, shaft repair work in, uh, I think it was um, the Kalgoorlie shaft. Yeah, because how many mines were within that before the... You know, Bondi turned it into the super oh, pit. Heaps, heaps. Fuck, like, it was like, heaps. like 40 or 50 or something, wouldn't it? Easy, mate. Look, there, yeah. there's just there's just mines going everywhere. And that, that was the beauty back then. You could snatch it from one job one day. Yep. And walk into the mine just over the 50 road. 50 metres up the road. <laughs> and, and that's what I ended up doing after yeah. the Cassidy shaft. Yep. I ended up working at the uh, creases. Uh, yeah. I think it was creases. Yeah, creases shaft with um, uh, Mario Valenti. Yep. Been down the mining. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to leg around on, uh, I think it was three level then. And uh, Mario wasn't known to be the best, highest paying contractor around at that time. Yeah. Uh, so I'll end up uh, wrangling a job at Peringa, which was the gun. That's all the guns went to Peringa, which I actually landed up at, believe it or not. So when, <laughs> when you when you say Peringa, like when you refer to all these mines, put it spatially for everyone, like all these mines are now being consumed by the super pit. Oh, yeah, they? the pit's yeah. taking them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all gone. Unreal when you just look at it now, just thinking all these mines were, and operated by different fucking contractors, different owners, and it's all just been it's consumed in. into this yep. fucking, yeah, unbelievable. But that, that Pringer, that was the top job. I mean, uh, I think Mario, the most I ever got with him was about 100 bucks a shift. And uh, when I went to Pringer, uh, I was one of the four top highest paid miners there. And I think I was cracking 180, 185. And that's just walking 50 metres up the road and get a different job. Yep. But uh, that, that Pringer, that, that's, you got paid for lots of stuff there. I yep. remember doing a drive on the, uh, I think it might have been the five level, if I remember right. And I was putting all my jump-ups in and then come up and put the intermediate dive in. Yep. And just started off this huge stoke that was going to be the saviour of Peringa. Um, I took one cut and broke into some old workings. Yep. What the fuck is this? This is supposed to be a virgin air or body. You know, we'd done all these jump-ups, all the timbers, set up all the body shoots and chow shoots and all that stuff, which you probably wouldn't know what a chow shoot is. No, nah, no, it sounds like something to do with fucking, it sounds like a cattle shit or something. <laughs> That's all I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I took this cut and broke into these old workings and I wandered up and I thought, what the fuck is this? And as I'm walking along this old drive, I looked down and there's a, a mummified goat and next door to that was a mummified cat with its head stuck in a baked bean tin. Jeez, what? Where the fuck did these come from? 
So anyway, I found some old newspapers and stuff, and yeah. I'll end up taking them home without anyone knowing too much. Yeah. And uh, uh, it turned out that in the First World War, uh, and they found this out much later. Yeah. Someone had put a winch down, and they'd taken the top of this bloody stope out. Was the one that I'm supposed to be uh, supposed to be uh, developing, and it was already gone. Yeah, right. Did you claim it or bloody chuck it on your plod? No, oh, I wish. <laughs> but the funny part about it was because there was a dead animal in that. When the foreman come down and had a look, uh, Billy Edgerton was the foreman then. Yeah. Um, uh, he said, oh, you're going to have to get rid of those you know, dead animals and that. And I said, oh, that's a spotty. Yeah, spotty in them days was probably now what you call a day works. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I got paid $100 spotty to remove this dead goat and dead cat. Yeah. Just get it out of there because, as I said to them, I said, there might be unknown diseases in these dead bodies, <laughs> so I can't leave them here. The the early days of Mick Roden's wheeling yeah. and dealing on mine side. So I got me $100 <laughs> spotty of Billy Edgerton, and then um, I proceeded to put him in an amphi bag and just threw him down the grizzly. But I got me $100 spotty <laughs> anyway, so I was happy. As I said, $100 in the 80s, fucking me. You can, yeah. buy, you can buy a bloody lot with yeah. that. You wouldn't buy a Commodore. But... Ah. <laughs> But you can buy as ever. Yeah. Because what did they, the, why did they, during the war, did they, was it literally they mined it, they were mining it out or were they using it as bloody? Well, with the gold for the war effort, see? Ah, yeah, and, yeah. And you got to remember, you're going back to 1914, 1915, there was mines all over the place in the early days of the gold fields. Yeah, yeah. And that just happened to be one of them. But they didn't know that at the time. It was only once I broke into the old workings and all the timber stoles and that were all still there. Yeah. And then they gradually worked out, well, how come we didn't know about this before? Yeah. But where they'd actually drilled holes on the surface to establish where the ore bodies were, everywhere they drilled a hole had gone through a pillar. Yeah. And even back yeah, then, so, they, they yeah, used well, they the holes in the cheese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's lucky. That's where the holes went in the pillars. So they thought they had this massive wall body, 300 metres long, going about bloody eight, eight grams at a tonne. Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah, right. Jeez, half your bloody. <laughs> it's unlucky you didn't. Uh, they, they could have hit. Think of it going the other way. They could have hit all the fucking voids and bloody yeah. not even knew the pillars were there. So, yeah. so it, it, it was all right. It was a bit of a disappointment because um, I think I had six chow shoots all set up. Yep. And got fuck all out of it. Yeah, right. But anyway, I moved on to another job, so that was good. So you stay, you stayed in Cal for a while? Yeah, Cassidy Shaft, uh, Paringa, uh, and then I bought a house. Yep. First time ever uh, in Forest Street in Boulder. I think I paid $14,000 for it. So that would have been about 82. Paid 14000 for the house, and then I paid the owner another $1,000 for the furniture. Yep. Because we didn't have any. We were living in a caravan. Yep. So we would have had to go and buy furniture anyway. So that was the first house in Boulder. Yep. And then, uh, then, I worked, then I went up to um, uh, Leinster, 11-level Leinster development. Yep. And basically what happened to missus and kids, they stayed at home, went to school and done all that shit. And I still travelled all around the countryside making bucks and paid a house off. Because it wasn't, it was all drive-in, drive-out then, hey? Oh, none of this, none was, of this yeah, bloody yeah, yeah. FIFO yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, the FIFO didn't happen until it started going about 90s. Yep. So everywhere you worked prior to that, you lived where you worked. Yep. And most mining companies had caravan parks. So they charge you five bucks a week to go and live in the caravan park. And five yep. bucks is fuck all. Yeah, yeah. And power and water all thrown in, and it was great. But then uh, the little buddy, uh, fuck, what do they call it? Fringe benefits. 
<coughs> so then I had to change the mining companies changed, so they stopped building caravan parks and um yeah, just fucked it. Yeah. And then then everyone started going twelve hour shifts and so before that was all seven and a half hour shift, which was great. You yeah, could work I, for about yeah. six and a half hours, you could drink piss for about yeah. twelve Sleep for about five and then back to work. It's yeah, great. that's it. You probably got the same amount, if not less, sleep on a fucking eight-hour shift as what we do on a twelve. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it would have been just such a. It would have been such an awesome place to live, but cow back then, lot just oh, just yeah, alive, mining alive. Yeah. yeah. And because oh, hopefully it gets back to that, Luth. They're not like, uh, thinking the way mining's going. It'd be good. I know they're really guys like Northern Star really trying to promote the people to go residential and. You talk to guys that live there now with families and kids, and they're like, "Fuck, they love it! Like, there's so much, so much to do there for their kids. There's fucking sport everywhere. Mm. They've just, just, I think a lot of the uh, companies are going back to the eight-hour shifts for people living in town. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, they'll do. I was at Daisy. They were doing tens there. Yeah. Like guys in and out of Campbellder and Cal. So but when there's twelve-hour shifts, it, when they went to twelve-hour shifts, they they just killed sport, killed killed lots of things. Yeah. Yep. Whereas before that, like you, you do your do your time, and then your weekends were free, and you go and play footy or cricket or punching someone up at a pub or whatever you want to do. Mm. Um, and it's, so I think it's slowly going to come back in, but uh, the, the rules are different now. So well, if you, you God, you can bloody stagger. You, you'd think like say so if you did eight hour shifts or bloody you want, but you want to keep the go- joint going for twelve hours. Like you just stagger. Like God, you could have one crew start six till bloody. Six till three, and then the other will be nine till six. So you always got your trucks running, always got there. Yeah, I don't know, getting a bit bloody confusing there. Yeah, but there'd be ways. Fine times, fuck that up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, it's bloody one of your best bloody loved living in Cal. One of oh, your best I loved spots. It, mate. Yeah, yeah. For when we were there, it was great. Yeah. Um, but as time goes by, like uh, I started getting flying out jobs, like landed up at Big Bell and and uh, Telfer and, and Nifty and all them places. And you had to basically fly from Perth to go to these joints. Yeah. Acker, we come down here. And that was, uh, I think, 98 when we moved down here. Yeah. Um, because we just had to go to the airport in Perth. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, living in Cal, I had to fly from Kalgoorlie down to Perth. So there's one day. Yeah. And then from Perth up to the wherever mine side I might have been at at the time. And then coming back was the same. You, you lose another day. So you're six or seven days off, just turn into five. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. And what what did you so pretty much once you got to the nineties where you she was solid on you were solid on the jumbo for as you said you did fucking thirty five years on the bloody thing. Yeah, um when do I finally I finally got off the jumbo full time probably when I went to Bronzewing. Yep. And uh fuck, when was Bronzewing? That must have been somewhere around about Oh, 93, 93 maybe, I think. Yeah, about 93. Um, and that's when I became a foreman at Big Bell. Yep. Who was that for, for Elton's, Elton's was it? Yeah. yeah. I was a foreman at Big Bell and then I left there and I was sort of on the jumbo occasionally at Big Bell. But once I got to Bronze Ring, it was as foreman and that was it. And yep. that was probably the last time. Yep. So, uh, yeah. How was, buddy? What about Telfer? How good was Telfer? Telfer, oh, mate, there was some history. They, they, I think every interview I've done, Telfer's got to got to mention. I did a couple of years there, and just but just everyone's been near it or know someone that's been. It's just been such a such a historical joint. Yeah, Telfer back in the day when with Elton's was eight hour shifts. Yeah, and you 
tended to find yourself getting into a lot of trouble when you're on a mine site and you're only working for eight hours. Oh, yeah, because you're at you're technically FIFO on eight-hour shifts. What could possibly go wrong, Mick? Oh, well, <laughs> lots of things could possibly go wrong. So like, you can you can do hypothetical. Say so hypothetically you could, this could happen oh, without well, mentioning yourself or anyone else. Uh, well, that's hard because I was usually in most of the shit that happened at Telford, but anyway... <laughs> Um, well, probably the funniest thing I think we had at Telfer was uh, the mine manager at that time, his name I won't mention because I know he's still alive and he'd probably rip me nuts off next time he sees me. <laughs> um, he told me afterwards that his day from Monday to Wednesday was involved in dealing with issues that happened on the weekend with all the different crews. And then around about Wednesday afternoon, he'd do Thursday and Friday and start dealing with mining matters. Yep. <laughs> but one particular uh, thing that did happen is uh, we're always complaining in the camp we're living at, uh, which is, uh, fuck was it called, Siberia. Yep. And what they'd done there, they brought in a demountable dongers on the back of a truck. Yep. And they just dump them. They want to be like that, want to be like this. Uh, they'd be two together like that. And they'd be just not orderly put down like a surveyor's line. So it was pretty rough, and they didn't have any intentions of fixing it up anytime soon. But what we did find, when you knocked off afternoon shift, it's bitterly cold, bitterly cold, because you're on the desert. Yep. So from about 11 o'clock onwards, it's freezing. So we'd come up out of the hole, go and have a shower, get dressed, and you'd always congregate somewhere back in the camp. And everywhere you went, someone had a 44-gallon drum. Yep. And you'd round up timber and that... You know, everyone used to help each other and they'd round up timber and sleepers and bloody uh, pallets and whatever's made of wood. Because surprisingly, up. it fucking gets cold up at Telfer in the winter. Oh, shit, Fucking yeah. that desert breeze. It is fucking freezing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we knocked off afternoon shift and fuck it, light the fire. So we lit the fire and next minute the sky was the light. We're going, what the fuck? Why we'd been at work, because they'd been listening to us guys bitching like fuck about having no roofs on the dongers, they put this bloody, um, like, shade cloth in over the top of it. You know, done a good job, but we didn't yeah. know that when we lit the fire. <laughs> so they'd only just put that up on the day, and that night we burnt the whole fucking light down because we didn't know about it. You couldn't see it at yeah. night time. Yeah, yeah. But we seen it once we lit the fire, it lit up something chronic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that didn't go down too good. Did they have the bloody, I remember Telford because it's such a fucking big camp. Oh, like yeah, the bloody, yeah. They had the golf buggies up there. Yeah. They had uh, they, they had them when I was there. And like, fuck, if you got a quarter ride with them, buddy, you're, you're half lucky. Yeah. Did they have them back in your day? Uh, we had a golf club back then. Um, I don't remember the golf buggies. I think what they used to do is they used to tow everything around with their utes. Yeah. Like little buggies, like a four-wheeled type trailer thing. Yeah. The, the buggies probably come later on when you were there. Yeah. But uh, we did have another, they had a golf day up there. And because um, they didn't really like the Elton guys much, like the townies, we'll call it town, townies. Because it was a town, there's still the street signs up yeah. there because it was an actual town. Yeah, the yeah. townies didn't like the contractors too much, mainly because the boys had cut their wives off and girlfriends and fucking whatnot, take them back to camp and look after them and then take them back when it's all done. So <laughs> the townies didn't like us too much. Yeah. Not that I was included in that bit, but I'm just telling a story. <laughs> anyway, uh, this golf day uh, was too fucking hot outside, so some people went inside the clubhouse. 
And inside the clubhouse is a cold room. And the cold room looked like it had a padlock on it. So no one took too much notice. But then one of the other guys come in and fiddled with the bloody padlock and opened up the cold room and took out a couple of cartons of piss. And we took notice of that. <laughs> so another guy whose name I still can't mention, he went back to the camp and grabbed hold of his um, four-wheel drive and uh, we snuck around the back of the clubhouse and over a period of time, whoever these guys were, um, took the beer out of the cold room, put it in a ute and took it back to the camp. <laughs> And filled everyone's fridges up full of it. And uh, next day, the shit hit the fan because they wanted to know where all the beer's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they'd done a, a room search, but mate, there's beer in the fridges. We got rid of well, the boys got rid of all the cartons and everything, so they yep. couldn't tell where it come from. Yep, yep. So that was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I do believe Elton got a bill for that, but I don't know if they paid it or not. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, Come out yeah. of the wages, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh. But that, that was funny as fuck, that was. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, mate. Well, that's... Uh, look, we're, 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 we're into the 90s. We've taken bloody 20, 20... We've covered 20 years in a fucking... In an hour, I reckon. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. bloody good. No, it's not too bad. We're well, getting there. And that'll bloody... We'll, we'll, that'll conclude the part one, because there's going to be a... a this may go into part three. I'm not sure, but uh, fucking hope not. Oh, mate, <laughs> loving it. I know you got you got your boat to fix and everything. I think this Harvey, but yeah. Now, nah, look, I want to when when we come back for part two, I want to hit you up before we get into your. I guess when you went into your more managerial side of things, we'll get a. We're all about pinching the bloody. We're like a paras. I'm like a parasite. I like to leech onto the bloody knowledge of other people and suck oh, all yeah? the bloody shit you've learned out on. Bugger them. It's easier than figuring it out myself. I want to get a. We'll chat about the jumbo for a bit because you fucking spent longer than I've mm. been alive on it and get a few tips for all the listeners because everyone's keen to, especially the fucking rate that the industry's going at the moment. So many people getting starts on the jumbo and, and yeah. like everyone's keen as fuck to learn which is good so yep. we'll pick your bloody brain about that and uh get into uh and make sure you listen in part two because this is the one everyone wants to know about and it's to do with uh oh. getting holidays at christmas oh. so. <laughs> right oh that concludes part one with the rat what a fucking legend now i'd like to thank John A. Johnson from Australian Resources Contracting for sponsoring this episode. Now, make sure you get in contact with John O. for all your airlegging needs and check out his website at osrescon.com.au. Now, part two, that has some good shit in it, including the uh, infamous letter that everyone's asking about and also get Mick to name his uh, all-star mining crew. Bit of a new life of mine segment that I've come up with after a couple of cans, but he... Uh, Hand picks his, uh, I guess his all-star crew for the from the people he's worked with over the years for each position. So it's uh, look a few people get a shout out. So make sure you listen into it. Now, as we all know, the whole world at the moment is run by Facebook. So make sure you like the Life of Mine Facebook page, share the bastard, and the same for the LinkedIn page. And heaps of people have always been also been asking me. How do I listen to Life of Mine? Well, it's as simple as downloading a podcast app. So the easiest ones are either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or CastBox. They're all free. Um, oh, no, Spotify's not free. But anyway, Apple Podcasts is and uh, CastBox is. And search Life of Mine. Once you find it, subscribe to the podcast. And every time you go in it, you'll be up to date with all the latest episodes. So that's how you do it. 
don't listen to it through Facebook. Download an app. It's heaps easier. Anyway, just do all that shit and I'll see you back for part two with the rat in a couple of days. Cheers. Cheers.